Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. I'm recording this episode on Thursday, February 14th of 2019, and we've got a whole whack of stuff to get through. Um, Google has announced a few things. We've had a little bit of an update, uh, and we've got a lot of uh, interesting tips to share with you. So hopefully we can get through all of this. Um, we're uh, on a little bit of a personal note. We are completely covered in snow. We had a massive, massive snowstorm. Uh, and so all of my team worked remotely yesterday, um, which I can really see the benefits of working remotely. We usually work in the same office. Uh, so it was kind of nice to work from home. And uh, I got out and played with my kids in the snow for a while, which was quite a difference from my regular work day. Um, let's jump into algorithm updates. So those of you who listen to me regularly know that it's been a few weeks since we actually had anything significant enough to talk about in terms of algorithm updates. It looks like there was some type of update. Uh, Barry Schwartz reported that it was February 7th. I saw some changes in some of the sites that we monitor as early as February 4th. Uh, so sometime between the 4th and the 7th, there was some type of an update. Um, I think, you know, it's hard to say specifically what was covered. Uh, the clients of ours that saw improvements really only saw, if they saw improvements, saw very minor blips um, up in, in the amount of traffic that they receive. Uh, and so one was a local SEO site uh, that saw a bit of an increase. They've been seeing increases with pretty much every update and they've been working on a lot of technical quality uh, and also just making the site more valuable than competitor sites, which is not always an easy thing to do. One thing that I wanted to note is that it's been a while since we've seen any uh, significant recovery from Medic, the August 1st update. We have seen some sites who have made nice recoveries, um, but it seems like, uh, you know, either Google isn't referring refreshing things, or maybe the issues that were causing these sites to be uh, drop in, in rankings are things that can't be recovered. And I know that that's hard to uh, to grasp, especially if you are a site that was affected by Medic. Um, we're seeing more and more now that uh, sites that were affected by August 1st and also the September 27th update, it really seems like Google is assessing the legitimacy of your brand and how much people can trust you. And so if you're a business that has had a crazy amount of um, bad press, of uh, people complaining about your products, complaining about your service, um, you know, things like that, that's going to be a hard thing to turn around. Uh, I do believe that, um, and then I guess the other thing that we uh, saw a lot of sites have um, as an issue that were affected by Medic, and the reason why they called it Medic, is uh, that there were medical sites that really were lacking some trust elements. Uh, and so I really, really want to emphasize, if you are a medical site, and also financial or legal, you want to make sure that every aspect of your site can be backed up by uh, scientific data, if possible. Um, so you want to reference things as much as you can. If you have claims that maybe the general scientific community uh, in your area would disagree with, then you really need to be careful in how you word this. Um, one of the things that we're seeing is uh, there were huge drops in sites that um, were like alternatives to medicine. 
Hamilton, uh, you know, sites that claim that some, uh, I don't know, carrots cure cancer. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, that's something that you're not going to be able to turn around by just getting new links. So, um, I'm not saying that if you were hit by medic, you will never recover. Like I said, we have seen some sites make nice recoveries. Um, but if you haven't recovered by now, you may want to completely rethink uh, your your business model. Um, know that Google is doing all they can to not rank sites that could potentially harm people or give people misleading information. So keep that in mind. Um, speaking of which, there was uh, an interesting post by Systrix this week. They noted that a couple of very large sites uh, saw some significant drops on January 31st. Now, I didn't mark January 31st as a major algorithm update, but it's interesting. We've actually had some requests for help uh, by other sites that were affected on this date. And here's what I think is happening. So the story is that two sites that Systrix reported as seeing big losses um, were irs.com and dmv.org. Now, when I say that, you'd think that these are the official organizations for the IRS and the Department of Motor Vehicles. It turns out that these are not the official sites. So irs.com is uh, um, a site that talks about the IRS, but irs.gov is the actual uh, Internal Revenue site, uh, Services site. And then same thing with the DMV. Um, the official DMV site uh, is not dmv.org. So we were contacted just today by somebody else with a very similar situation where uh, their site could be mistaken for a major organization, uh, a major government organization, and they saw massive drops across the board. Um, we had another client uh, just, uh, I think they came to us after the August 1st update. And one of the things we noted was that it looked like their site was the official organization for this particular, um, uh, it, it was a medical condition basically. And, uh, and really they weren't, um, you know, they just happened to buy the domain name that that organization should have had. And I know I'm being kind of vague here. I really want to, um, respect our client confidentiality and not, um, give away any of our, our client, uh, information. But the point that I'm trying to make here is, again, this is, I believe this is uh, Google algorithmically trying to determine a trust factor. So it may be that they turned down the dial on exact match domains. So I mean, if you have keywords in your domain name, perhaps you're seeing a little bit less traffic uh, since the end of January. I think it's not that though. I think it's actually, you know, somehow Google figured out that algorithmically, oh, when people go to click on irs.com, they realize they're on the right site and they end up on I on the wrong site. They end up on irs.gov. Anyways, I think that this probably does not affect most of you who are listening to this, but if you did see big drops anywhere from August till just recently, uh, and you think that that could be an issue for you, then it's worth considering. So here's a thought, and I'm, I'm just thinking of this now as I'm recording this. If you were that site, what would you do in order to see improvements? So let's say you, you, know, you have all this great information about uh, the IRS. And I mean, I haven't spent time looking at this site. I don't know exactly what they've got, uh, but they've got a good domain name, right? So one thing that they did is uh, I did notice that they have a disclaimer saying, we're not the official government site. You should go here. I'm imagining that that's for legal reasons. But let's say this happened to you. Here's what I would do. 
I would not try to recover those search terms. If you were ranking for things where you know people really wanted to end up on the official government site and they ended up on your site, the only thing that I would do to continue to try to rank for those is if I could offer way more information than what the official site had. So let's say uh, you were this IRS site and you were ranking for um, some type of form that people need when they're looking, you know, they're trying to go to the .gov site. Well, it's not enough to just say, here's a link to the form and expect that to, to rank. What I would do is collect the most common questions that people have about this form and present it in a way so that people say, oh, this site was so helpful. You know, I was struggling to figure out what to put in this line and you explained it to me. Um, maybe open up some user generated com uh, content where you could ask users, what confuses you about this form? What questions could I answer for you? And ask other users to answer those questions. That type of content only works though if it's really, really well moderated. So, um, you know, I think some of these sites, they're probably not going to rank for IRS. <laughs> this site is not going to rank for the brand term, but there's still a lot of opportunity to rank for long tail searches as well. Uh, Google announced uh, some new content guidelines for Q&A pages. We've talked about this a few times, but we put it in the newsletter uh, that they gave some examples of valid uses for Q&A schema. So schema is markup that you can put on these pages so that you can actually appear in the search results as questions and answers. And... Um, a valid case is, uh, Google says an example, is a forum page where users can submit answers to a single question or a product support page where, again, users can submit answers to a single question. What's not a valid use of schema for Q&A is an FAQ page where users can't ask questions or submit alternative answers. Um, a product page where users can submit multiple questions. Um, that's kind of an interesting thing. I guess the whole point is you need to have a single question and then a single answer for it, or at least users' answers to that question. Answers that are specific to that question. Um, an invalid use case would be a blog post that just answers a question or a how-to guide or an essay. Um, and so the point here is I think Google wants to recognize here's a place where somebody asked a question and users have come and answered that question. So those are the places where you need to use or where you can get some benefits from using structured data to mark up Q&A. There was a bit of discussion this week on whether Google is killing off the URL. Uh, there was an article in Wired uh, talking about Google not using URLs. And then there was some response from Gary Ish from Google um, and other discussion. And I think the gist of it is that Google is not getting rid of the URL, but there are some features where you might not see it as a user. Um, so I think what Gary Ish said was the only thing that's proposed is that they don't actually show you the URL in a browser the average user doesn't really care what the URL of your page is. There'll still be opportunities to share it um, if need be, but it's just that users won't see it. So uh, who knows where this is going? I know a lot of people talking about voice search and um, you know how Google's using all this information in featured snippets and stuff like that are saying, you know, Google's just going to kill off websites completely. I still think there's some area for concern. I think, you know, if you have a... Um, information that can be answered pretty quickly in the form of a featured snippet, then you might find you're going to get less traffic. But um, we don't need to worry about URLs going away, as far as I can see.
Google has some new information, a new guide on rendering. It gets kind of technical. So if you're interested, the newsletter, mariehaines.com slash newsletter will give you more information on that. Um, also, for those of you who use Google Optimize, so Google Optimize is a way that you can A-B test pages um, and uh, they have some new features. So that's worth looking into for those of you who use Google Optimize. There's a bit of discussion now on Search Console and how um, they're consolidating metrics to the canonical version. Now, that sounds like a whole bunch of SEO mumbo jumbo. I'll see if I can try to explain it. And hopefully I have a handle on this. We'll see. Um, the example of sites that are complaining about this thing is uh, local businesses that use UTM tracking. Um, so let's say that you uh, had a UTM parameter uh, to determine all of your traffic that comes from Facebook. Uh, so maybe you've shared your services page on Facebook, you've shared it on LinkedIn, uh, you've shared it on um, Google Posts. And so you want to know, you know, are people coming? And I mean, you can look at referral data, but it doesn't always uh, work that well. And, and really, UTM tracking is one of the best ways to do this. So um, if you have a particular URL that, you know, it's got five different variations and one has question mark UTM equals Facebook and one has UTM equals Google Posts. Well, those, you used to be able to track those in Search Console where you could see like, oh, my Google Posts got this many impressions. Um, and it's not 100% accurate, but still it gives you some sort of sense of where your uh, traffic is coming from. And now what's happening is you just see the information for the canonical version. So all of those UTM parameters are not going to show uh, up as impressions in Search Console. So I feel like this is something that uh, only the local people are talking about right now, um, but I think it's probably going to affect a lot of sites. Uh, so, you know, stay tuned. We'll uh, I'll keep you updated as more information comes out on that. Uh, we included this in the newsletter, although we don't always talk about YouTube uh, changes. YouTube has made some changes to make it so that um, in their recommended videos, so you know when you watch a video and then they make a recommendation for what's next, uh, that they're much less likely to um, uh, recommend a video that shows in quotes uh, content that could misform users in harmful ways. And so I, the reason why I included this in the newsletter is that um, this is probably what Google's doing in their regular search algorithms too. And it makes sense that if Google has found some ways to determine trust, to determine uh, which uh, articles, videos, whatever, are presenting facts that are known as facts, as opposed to information that's felt to be untrue, uh, if they can do that in search, you know, they can do it in video and they can do it in, in other different ways. So uh, again, I sound like a bit of a broken record, but um, you know, we've had a number of sites that have come to us for site reviews for uh, kind of conspiracy theory sites and they're not ranking as well. Um, so it's not wrong to have conspiracy theories on your website, but if you're presenting the conspiracy uh, theories as fact, you can't expect to rank well uh, in most cases. 
Dr. Pete has noticed, uh, from Moz, has noticed that there's an increase in medical featured snippets. Uh, what he said was, um, even for search results that have medical knowledge panels, so um, I'll take a step back here for the those of you who are confused about the difference. The knowledge panel is uh, what you're going to see um, on desktop, at least, on the right-hand side of the search results. And so if you do a search for um, Marie Haynes Consulting, you'll see a knowledge panel that has information information on our business. And, and for that, that's populated out of our uh, Google My Business. Um, but some knowledge panels are taken from Wikidata and other places like that. Uh, and then featured snippets are the results that appear uh, within the main search results um, that often have an image and they're in a box. Some people call them answer boxes although they're kind of different. Answer boxes are uh, for things like a definition. You know, if I looked up the definition of a no-followed link, I might get an answer box for that. If I ask, um, what are some uses for no-followed links? I don't know if that has a featured snippet, but it, that's the type of question that might get a featured snippet. So now, um, this is a big deal for sites that uh, are trying to rank organically for medical information because now you're competing against, I mean, if I do a search for a particular condition I've just been diagnosed with, I'm, I'm potentially going to see all this information in the knowledge panel and then a whole bunch of information in a featured snippet. And if you don't have that featured snippet, it means that you're uh, chances of getting organic clicks is going down dramatically. So what can we do to fight against this? I mean, if you are a, a well-known brand, you can try to win the featured snippets. There's things that you can do for that. Um, if you are trying to compete against massive authorities in the health area, it's really challenging to do so. You need to s establish yourself as an authority, um, which is primarily based on uh, having authoritative sites mention you. And as we've mentioned many times, Google knows which parts of the web to trust when it comes from, to mentions. So it's not enough to just buy a bunch of mentions on Forbes or something like that. Um, you truly legitimately have to get people saying, ah, according to this website, this is what's going on. Um, and that's not something that's going to happen overnight. Uh, it, it still is possible to build up authority. I mean, I, I say this all the time, but you know, years ago, I had no clue what SEO was. Um, and now I feel like I've got some recognition as a, um, you know, an authority in, in this space. Uh, I certainly don't know everything in SEO, but I've built that up. Um, and primarily, the main reason why I'm known is in being published and talked about in other places. So, you know, we ask people, how did you hear about us? And people will say, well, there was something that was in a search engine journal or, you know, I saw you on Moz, um, things like that. So anyways, the whole point I'm trying to make here is that authority can be built. It's not impossible, but if you're competing against uh, establish brands with super authoritative mentions, it's going to take years in order for you to have that authority as well. Let's talk a little bit about AMP pages. Uh, I'm not going to say a whole lot on this, but AMP pages disappeared from the search results for a while. It seems to be some sort of a bug, and I think that that's fixed for now. Uh, Glenn Gabe was noting that there are some examples now appearing of featured snippets that are double. Um, and the example that he gave was a basketball-related thing. He asked a question about basketball, and he got two featured snippets with the answers, which again means that the organic results are being pushed down further. So I think if you are a site that is 
able to win featured snippets, you should be spending time looking at what's working for you. Um, you know, how can you format your content in a way that Google is more likely to pull it as a featured snippet? Uh, I, I'm a big fan of uh, SEMrush has some tools for looking at featured snippets and seeing opportunities for where you can win more. Um, we're not uh, members of STAT, but I think in the future we probably will be. And I was at a conference recently where a STAT employee was showing me how uh, they can get all sorts of information about featured snippets and which ones you can win as well. So I would recommend looking into that if you find that your search results are being replaced by uh, other sites that are winning featured snippets, especially if there's multiple featured snippets. Um, what else is going on here? Oh yeah, let's talk about this. I mentioned in our last podcast episode how on our own website we use a script um, that uh, actually helps us determine which, uh, sorry, we use a plugin which helps to determine which scripts are going to run on a page. So for example, if you have a WordPress theme that um, has the option to have a slider on a page, often what will happen on these themes is that that script will be loaded onto every single page, even though you're probably only using the slider on your homepage and maybe one or two other pages. Um, and so you don't need to load that script because it's going to slow your page down. So Ian Booth reached out to me and said, uh, you mentioned that there was a plugin that you use, um, which by the way, the name of the plugin that I use is WP Assets. Um, I think that there are other ones out there as well that do the same thing. And so what he did, I asked him to report back to me after he did this. And uh, he said, I found scripts and style sheets for a payment ga gateway, a contact form, social sharing buttons on the homepage, none of which are displayed there. So he uh, asked, used the plugin to um, say, don't load these. And on Lighthouse, so the PageSpeed Insights, his mobile uh, score went from 46 to 85 just from doing that. Um, that's out of 100. That's, that's really, really good. So I would definitely recommend looking into that. Again, a word of caution, if you are disabling scripts, you need to test everything as you go because uh, I know the first time I did it, I disabled a whole whack of scripts and I basically broke my website. Um, so you don't want to do that because there might be scripts that are being used that you, uh, you know, if you're not a programmer, you may not recognize uh, that they're actually in use. Um, somebody asked John Mueller whether you can add a test or a development site to Search Console. And yes, you can. However, keep in mind that there are parts of Search Console that won't work uh, with a site that is blocked by robots or not able to be crawled by Google. Um, so for example, you can't, I don't think you can test your robots.txt file um, unless, uh, unless Google has access to crawl it. So uh, there's things like that that you may not be able to use. Um, let's see. There's some other little tips in the newsletter. I'm going to skip over those as we're already at the 22 minute mark in this uh, podcast already. Um, somebody pointed out that Google Sheets actually have Google Translate built into them. Uh, I did not know that. And I think we're going to start doing that for some of our link audits. Um, you know, sometimes we're dealing with keyword anchors that we can't tell if they're keywords because uh, we do a lot of link audits for foreign language sites. And uh, so some people pointed out that the translations aren't great, um, but we're going to give that a try. Those of you who uh, use job schema to mark up your uh, job listings, uh, Dan Schur pointed out that apparently there is the ability now to add remote markup. So um, that's something good to know. Uh, 
And let's talk about this. Um, Cyrus Shepard brought up, uh, and whenever Cyrus brings up these conversations, they're always fantastic conversations. He asked, you know, is click-through rate really a ranking factor? And um, I think, uh, you know, regardless of whether it's a ranking factor, I've talked about this a lot. I'm not going to go into it again. If you want to read uh, in the newsletter, it's episode 70 that we're talking about here today. Um, all the stuff about how Rand Fishkin uh, did a, uh, an experiment at a conference and had us all search for something and click on it. Anyways, you can read the results there. My point, though, is I really do think that if you can legitimately get more people to be clicking on your site without using tricks and loopholes and tools, that that helps improve your rankings. Let's talk about a few things from the latest Google Help Hangout. Uh, there's a lot of good things here. We are, uh, you can find these on our website. We have a whole category for the latest Google Help Hangouts and we've summarized the most important things so you don't need to read through or watch the entire, you know, it's usually an hour long of video. Um, somebody asked John, how does Google handle websites that require location info in order to prove their user experience? So I think what they were talking about is things like, um, oh, we determine, you know, maybe a, a geo redirect, like, oh, we determined you're from this particular city. So now we're going to show you this content as opposed to other content. Um, and so John said, you know, that's generally okay. Um, but keep in mind though, that Google can only see, um, they, Google doesn't pay attention to location requests. They're always crawling from Mountain View, uh, Florida or Florida, uh, California. And, um, that's what Google's going to see. So what John said, or what we said, was make sure that your important page information is not reliant on receiving location information from a user. So if you're having trouble getting something indexed and you're using, uh, you know, geolocation to only show stuff to specific locations, you might find that uh, some of your stuff is just not indexing properly. Um... Somebody asked John about whether you need to add spammy links to your disavow file. And we've covered this lots. So I'll just say it's that's not the type of link that could potentially hurt you algorithmically. We still disavow spammy links when we come across them. If we're already doing a link audit and we're already filing a disavow, it doesn't take extra time to just throw this cruft in there. Um, but the types of links, so when we're doing link audits now, if we are seeing improvements in rankings afterwards, it's almost always sites that have been actively doing um, you know, guest posting, article syndication for links, paying for links, that type of thing. And uh, so, you know, spammy negative SEO type links are not likely to uh, tank your site. Um, this was an interesting one too. Somebody asked whether your privacy policy pages need to be indexed. And I know why it was asked because a lot of people, your privacy policy is essentially taken from another website. It usually contains a lot of duplicate content. Um, but that's not the type of duplicate content that causes issues with websites. Where um, duplicate content causes a problem is where you're taking other people's content on a large scale and trying to pass it off as your own, basically. Um, and so if you have the odd page that is duplicated from another source, it's not going to cause your entire site to be seen as lower quality. It just means you probably won't rank. That page won't rank for privacy policy, which really is not a big deal. 
The other reason why I would say you should have your privacy policy indexed is that there are several sections of the quality raters guidelines that talk about the importance of a website having a privacy policy, a terms and conditions page, a very easy to find refund policy if that's appropriate for your site. And uh, if it's important in the quality raters guidelines for quality raters to find that, I think it's a reasonable assumption to say that Google's algorithms are looking for that. And if you do not have those pages indexed, then Google won't be able to see what's on them. So that was a very long explanation to essentially say, uh, yes, you should keep these pages in Google's index. Um, there's some information on live indexing. I know Yoast announced that they were going to be working with Bing and Google, uh, to, it says, as soon as you, we put in the newsletter, as soon as you publish, update, or delete a post, it'll be almost instantly reflected in the index. I, I kind of felt like that was almost the case now. Um, and then John Mueller tweeted that, uh, this is not just through Yoast. Um, but so there's something new coming. I feel like I don't completely understand it, but when I do, I'll be sure to, uh, to follow up on that for you. Um, couple more things to get through here. Let's see. We'll skip over some of these and see here. This is important for local SEO. Um, and again, something we've covered before. If you are using a virtual office, Google just changed the wording, uh, in their guidelines for Google, my business. And, um, I'm going to read exactly what it says. If your business rents a temporary virtual office at a different address from your primary business, do not create a page for that location unless it's staffed during your normal, normal business and the part they added was by your business staff. This is really important because what a lot of people do is they'll get a virtual office that has um, a single receptionist uh, that deals with all of the virtual offices there, and then they'll redirect uh, your phone calls to your actual office. This is not sufficient if you want to actually rank a Google My Business location there. You need to actually have your staff present so that, and, and some people are arguing, well, that's not really fair, you know, and really from a user's perspective, if you walked into that office um, expecting to communicate with that business and there's no staff there, I could see why Google would have issue with that. So whether or not it's fair, that's what Google is saying are their rules. And I would really discourage you from using a virtual office um, in order to get closer to the city center. Unless, of course, you can staff that office with your own staff. Um, those of you who are using Google My Business Messaging, that's the feature that allows people to text you from the search results. It seems to be broken. I don't know if that's fixed by the time I've recorded this, but if you've noticed that you've had a drop off in messages, this is probably why. Um, and also, uh, David Mim pointed out that, um, so Google Assistant calls are enabled by default in, uh, in, in your Google My Business dashboard. And what that means is um, you're allowing people to call you with the uh, AI use of Google Assistant calls. Uh, some of you may have seen the demo that happened a few months ago uh, where Google showed that they were using a computer to call and make a hair appointment for someone. Um, and so the, the hair salon that answered the phone was actually talking to Google Assistant, um, you know, pretending to be the assistant for this person. And so that's something that if, you were, if you're starting to get those calls and you don't want to get them, which I would imagine they're going to be kind of frustrating until Google gets really good at this, you have to actually go into your uh, Google 
my business profile and opt out of those. Uh, so that's how you turn that off. Um, okay. I think that's all we're going to do now. So, uh, lots of information this week. We are, uh, working hard on site reviews. Um, we're almost ready to announce our new, uh, information on link audits. I'm really excited about that. Um, with the information that John Mueller gave us a couple of weeks ago, we've been working on, um, getting out some information for those of you who do link audits and, uh, and also increasing our offerings in that area. Um, so I hope all of you are staying safe. Those of you who are covered in snow like we are, I hope that you get to go outside and play in it. Um, you know, I mean, snow can be annoying, but uh, if you live in a snowy area, you just have to take advantage of that, right? Um, so thanks again for all of you who uh, um, are listening to this. I really, it blows my mind uh, that people get value out of me blabbing about SEO. Um, I really thoroughly enjoy doing this. So thanks for being a listener and uh, I wish you the best of luck with your rankings. 